Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo. Look, brothers, I am not perfect. (laughs) Some of you may think I'm perfect because all you know me is through the podcast and I don't really talk about myself much on the podcast. But I want you guys to know, look, I struggle with the beta condition too. I really do. I am not perfect. I struggle with it every single day. Even with all the work I've done, I still get tripped up. I just catch it quickly because of the practice. And I want you to know this because I get it. You know, this is a practice that requires discipline. It requires fortitude. It requires a serious focus and a playful spirit. It requires flexibility and an ability to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. All right, so I want to end with this. I'm going to end with a personal example. I'm going to toss this out for you guys. I want you guys to know this. I want you guys to know that I struggle too. Because this is what happened for me as I kind of elevated my own alpha state. This is an example of me elevating my own alpha state. As you guys know, I've been staying at my brother's house here in Oregon. And I love staying at the brother's house. Every time I come to Oregon, I stay with my brother's house. (laughs) It's just my place. It's where I go. This is my family. I love my brother. I love my sister. I love my niece. I love my my mom. My mom lives nearby. She lives about 20 minutes away, but I stay with my brother and my sister-in-law, right? I call her my sister, my sister-in-law. And I'm waiting on getting my passport renewed because it was going through It's going to expire in about eight months. I think it was April of 2023 was going to expire. And I plan on being overseas at that time. So I wanted to get my passport. So I came to Oregon to enjoy the last few weeks. I thought would be the last few weeks of summer. Visit my family, my mom, my brother, my sister, and my niece. And when I do, like I say, I stay with my brother. I always stay with my brother because he has a big house, spare bedroom, garage gym, everything. Just beautiful, so hospitable, so wonderful. They're just a wonderful, beautiful, hospitable family that is very generous and loving to me as a member of the family. Again, I just have so many wonderful things to say. Plus, my brother and I are great friends. I mean, we enjoy sharing time together. We enjoy hanging out. So it's just an amazing place to go. It's an amazing place to be when I'm in the States. Now, I arrived here in mid-August. And if you're listening to this podcast, you know it's now late late, late October. (laughs) I almost said September. It's actually late October. The story I'm about to tell you actually went down about three weeks ago after I'd been staying with my brother for about five weeks. My brother comes to me one day and he says, we need to talk. Now, I know my brother, and I could tell right away by the look on his face and the tone of his voice that what he was about to say to me is something that he is struggling with, something that is weighing heavily on his heart. So we sit down, and he says he thinks I should think about leaving, about finding another place to stay. Now, this was a shock to me. Like, it was just a huge shock to me. Like I said, like I just got done telling you, I've stayed at my brother's place every summer for years, sometimes for weeks at a time, other times for months at a time, all depending on what's happening for me in terms of movement. I don't know if you guys know, like I, I basically go places based on invitation. I'm kind of like a, you know, I'm a fairly, fairly nomadic individual and people invite me places and I go there. So I tend to stay at a place until I get an invitation to go somewhere else. Sometimes I could be a month, sometimes I could be a few weeks, but all based on my movement, all based on my invitations. So it was a shock. When he said this, and I could tell that he was struggling with it, I could tell there was something going on. So I asked him some questions. I found out that it was my sister who was actually struggling with me being there. And again, I, I wanted to know more. I was very curious. I was in shock, and I wanted. To, so I asked some more questions. And he didn't know why she was struggling. She didn't even know why she was struggling. The irony of it all is that when they moved into their new house less than two years ago, it was my sister who wanted the extra bedroom for me. 
That's wild, right? Like she wanted an extra bedroom for me. And so now the irony is she's thinking it would be best if I go. It's so ironic, so wild. Now, right away, what do you think I did? Like if you just pause this podcast, like what do you think I did, brothers? Another question is what would you have done, right? What would you do? Would you think I would do? What would you do? So I'll tell you, I didn't want to go. <laughs> that was the T line in my model of alignment. I don't want to go. The C line is my brother says I have to leave, right? The T line is I don't want to go. Now, there were other thoughts too. There are much deeper thoughts. Thoughts like, what did I do wrong? Why doesn't she like me? Did I do something to upset her? What's wrong with me? And so on. There's all these deeper thoughts. These thoughts drive the thought I don't want to go. Because if I go, if I leave, it means that there is something wrong with me, right? It kind of proves this thought that there's something wrong with me. So I get defensive, right? Play this out with me, brothers. Like if, if I'm thinking there's something wrong with me and then I leave, then that confirms that that thought. It's, it becomes the confirmation bias. So I don't want to go. I don't want to believe there's something wrong with me that I left because there's something wrong with me or something that I did. That's the pain point. This is the energy. This is the thought. This is the victim thought. Like why me? What did I do? Et cetera, right? So I was taking it personally. And you can probably empathize with me, right? Look, if we were buddies, like if we knew each other, if we lived in the same like city and this happened and I said, hey, maybe down at Scotty's pub, like I got I to gotta talk to you. Like let's meet at the pub for just for some drinks. I got to get, get blow some steam off. And we go there and I tell you, I just had to talk with my brother and my sister wants me to leave. And what would you, what would you say to me? Would you get upset with her, right? Would you call her names? Would you be upset? Would you ask why like I did? Like if she doesn't have a reason, she just wants me to go, what would you say? Would you be upset? If I was upset, would you be upset? That's the other question. Would you match my energy? Like if I was upset, if I was blaming, if I was projecting like anger, then would you match that energy? Would you jump in there and start doing the same, right? If I was worried that I did something wrong, like if I came to you and I said, maybe I did something wrong, like would you help me investigate it? Like would you ask me about my habits, about my living habits, if I was disrupting their standard operating procedures by being there, right? Like would you try to help me find out maybe what I'm doing so that I can make some changes, right? Or would you steer me away from it all and tell me not to take it personally. That's not about me. It's just about her and whatever she's suffering from, <laughs> right? And that probably sounds familiar, right? Because that's the inversion principle that you guys all know. Well, that's what I did, brothers. I responded from my beta condition. I'll tell you straight up. I responded from my beta condition. I responded from my thoughts. I responded from my pain. I responded with defensiveness from the protection, from the I don't want to go. And what is my beta condition, brothers? What is my beta condition? What is my mask? What do I jump to when I'm deflecting, when I'm avoiding guidance and holding space for others? And I know that sounds wild, doesn't it? It's like, hold on a second, coach, stop right there. That's what you did, but that's what you do. That's who you are, right? It's not who I am. That is my persona. It is my mask. It is both an expression of my state of painlessness because it's how I show up in service for others when I am in a state of painlessness, when I have no pain, when I have no trauma, when I'm free, when I'm in a state of love, I'm a guide and I'm holding space for others. So it's an expression of my state of painlessness as well as how I avoid inner pain. It's also what I do when I don't want to look inward. When I am allowing energy to flow, I am in a state of service. I'm a pure servant. My alpha state is a servant, a servant of the remembering soul. That is why I attract men who are ready to remember who they are and live from their alpha state because I serve the soul that's ready to remember itself. However, I can also enter into this guidance role as a way to avoid looking inward. And that is what I did. That's what I did. You see, I fall into it too. I fall in the beta condition too. I started coaching my sister through my brother. 
So my sister wasn't there this whole time. It wasn't there. It was just a conversation with me and my brother. But to my brother, I responded defensively. I said, the only reason she wants me to leave is because she's suffering internally. And she depends on her outer circumstances to maintain inner peace. You guys have heard me say this. You heard the story last week about the sliver, right? The splinter in the body, right? Protect the splinter. Let's not disturb the splinter. So let's control the external environment, right? The worldly path. When the outer is disrupted, that's when she will feel this upsetness. This is what I said to my brother. I said to him, then she'll project that energetic disruption onto some neutral outer form, in this case, onto me. And I said to him, look, when I leave, there will be something else that disrupts the flow, and she'll project blame onto that. You see what I did there? Brothers, you see what I did there? I used the inversion principle to draw the problem back onto my sister. (laughs) I deflected. I was in my beta condition. Now, what I said is 100% true. All of it's true. I do want you to know that she didn't know why she wanted me to go. All she knew was that she was agitated, and she was believing a story that it was because I was in the house. So her model of alignment is clear, right? She's blaming her feelings on the circumstance, on me being there, the feeling on the, on the circumstance. It was all true, what I said. And if she had asked me to guide her so that she could let go of the energy that was blocking her from experiencing love, then it would have been great stuff. That would have been a great bit of coaching, been a great bit of guidance, right? But she didn't. <laughs> That's the thing, brothers. She didn't ask me to guide her. I was using guidance as a way to avoid myself. I was using guidance as a way to avoid my own inner pain. She didn't even think that she was an issue going on within her. She just wanted me to leave. She just thought she would feel better if I were gone. She didn't want to be coached. She just wanted to feel better. She thought that would happen if I left. Therefore, in that moment, she was not ready to let go of her pain, to let go of the energy that was creating pain for her. And that's when it hit me, brothers. This is the practice for me. This is why I'm telling you that I that I walk the walk, right? I don't just talk the talk. I walk the walk too, because that's when it hit me. If she's not ready to see her pain, then why is this happening? It's happening for me. If it's not happening for her, then it must be happening for me, right? It must be. I am living the path of seeing it. So if I'm not specifically asked for it to be shown, then it must be for me to see. If I am not asked to hold the space for someone, then the spiritual practice is to hold the space for myself. That is the alpha path. That is the elevating of the alpha. That is the nature of the alpha. So I stepped back. I stepped back away from my beta. I stepped away from the pain. I removed myself far enough from the pain to be able to see it, to be able to witness it instead of identifying with it, instead of partnering with it. And when I did that, I practiced my own spiritual training. I did what I teach my students to do. I went inside myself and asked, who is the I that is noticing this energy? You have to know. I was upset. I was really, really upset. I thought I'd done something wrong. And I wanted to know what it was. What did I do? I wanted to correct it so I could stay. So I could stay at my brother's place. And I also didn't want to think that my sister didn't like me. I also didn't want thinking that she didn't like me or she didn't want me around. I felt terrible. Like I felt really bad. I felt anger. I felt resentment. I felt defensiveness. I felt shame. I felt guilty. I felt fear and worry. All kinds of emotions. There was so much energy and I wasn't objective of it. I wasn't witnessing it. I wasn't even aware of it because I was engaging with it. It was only when I elevated my alpha state. It was only when I let go When I surrendered and stepped back and observed it as energy instead of something real, instead of something that needs to be blocked or stored or hung on to, instead of something that needs to be questioned or observed or fixed, instead of some problem that needs to be solved, because it's none of that. It's just energy. That's all it is. And that's what we do when we suffer. We engage with the energy for too long. We feed it with our attention for too long. The energy pulls us out of our alpha state by convincing us that we're not okay, that there's a problem. And brothers, there's never a problem. There is no problem, ever. 
there's only energy, always. So I elevated my alpha and I looked within. I found that there was still blocked energy around my soul, my pure being of experience. I was hanging on to something, some story, some blocked energy. It was that I had done something wrong, that there was something wrong with me. I don't know. I, I sat with it. I watched it. I allowed it to be there. I just kind of let the thought be there. And I, and I looked at it like a cloud, like, like laying in, the, in, a gla- in a grass meadow, watching the clouds in the sky. I just kind of sat there and I watched the thoughts in my mind. It was that I had done something wrong, that there was something wrong with me. And I sat with it. I watched it. I felt it. I experienced it. I observed it. I allowed my awareness to see it without being it. And here's what I discovered, brothers. It was all happening for me, through me, for me. Once I allowed that energy to be seen, once I was aware of it, as it passed through me, instead of trying to resist or avoid it, I opened up some kind of blocked movement. I freed something that allowed me to approach my sister in a very different way. I spoke to her differently. I asked her different questions. My feelings around her changed. I relaxed and opened up. I was more vulnerable. I was more authentic. It was fascinating to watch. It was incredibly fascinating to watch. I didn't know it. I was unconscious of it, but I was showing up around my sister in a reserved state, in a state of hiding. I wasn't fully open. I wasn't being myself. I was afraid to be seen. And she was reflecting that back to me in her own perfect way by telling my brother she thinks I should leave. It was so beautiful. It was so perfect. The universe acted through my sister so that I could elevate my alpha state. So I could notice I had some kind of I'm not good enough energy or I'm doing something wrong energy around me when I was around my sister. And elevating my alpha by letting it go and changing my thoughts and feelings and actions, it changed our relationship. From my perspective, I have no idea what's transpired through her over the past couple of weeks. I have no idea. I don't know what she thinks or how she feels. However, after I had done this work, after about a week, and after I'd made plans to go on Airbnb and the day before I was leaving, she said she wanted me to stay. There was no more tension. It was so fascinating. So fascinating. So the question is this, what if I had just blamed her? What if I had just blamed her and projected out onto her? Right? What if I had just called her names and said, oh, she just... She's just being mean and nah, 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 just threw up a big old deal about it, right? What if I just got upset, stormed off, right? Would I have expanded myself? Would I have evolved? Would I have changed the relationship with my sister? Would I still be here? Would there still be tension? Would I be in an Airbnb right now? What if I pushed back? By taking the spiritual path, the universe literally worked with me. You see that? Can you see that, brothers? That is the nature of the alpha, When you take the spiritual path, when you take the alpha path, the universe works with you. When we are in the beta, the universe will appear to be working against you because it is always pushing you into circumstances that will agitate energy for you to release. You're blocking it. It's causing you pain. And the universe loves you and wants you to let go of that pain. But it will appear as though the universe is against you because it's always putting you in positions that are going to cause you pain. The only way to do that is for you to experience the energy that you are avoiding, which means you've got to feel the pain. Then it will be over and gone. It's like pulling off a band-aid really fast or jumping in the water instead of walking in slowly, right? Feel it now and be done with it or continue to avoid it and project it onto others or whatever, and it will be with you for the rest of your life. (laughs) It reminds me of a story of two monks. I'm going to tell this story and then I'm going to close up. It reminds me of a story of two monks. Two monks were leaving the village. They were heading back to the monastery, a junior monk and a master monk. And these two monks came to a very narrow, shallow creek where there was a woman standing on one side of it. And without breaking step, the master monk swoops down, lifts her up, just gracefully, smoothly, and effortlessly walks her across the creek, sits her back down, and without 
missing a step, without missing a beat, continues walking, continues on his path towards the monastery. Didn't even say a word. Now the junior monk sees this and his jaw just drops. He's like, what just happened? We are monks. Like We took a vow to not touch a woman. We can barely even look at women. Like, we're not allowed to barely even look at women. And here's my master who just touched a woman. He's thinking, what happened? So the rest of the time, rest of the walk back to the monastery, which is about 20 minutes, the junior monk's mind is just going and going. He's wondering, he's thinking, he's trying to solve this problem. What happened? Who was this woman? Was this woman special? What was it about the creek? Maybe it was the time of day. Is it a special, is it like a holiday? Is it some special day where you can touch a woman today? I don't know. Like, what about the master? Maybe the master broke his vow. What, what do I say to the other monks? Do I even mention it? Are the other monks going to judge him? Are they going to judge me? Are they not going to believe me? Are they going to turn on me because they think I'm lying? I mean, the master would never touch a woman, right? So he's thinking about this. He's just running with this energy. He's totally engaged in his head, right? The junior's in his head. <laughs> I already talked about that earlier in the podcast. And finally, right before they get back to the monastery, the junior monk can't take it anymore. And he stops and says, Master, I've been thinking about it for 20 minutes. I don't understand it. You have to tell me, why did you break your vow? Why did you touch that woman? Why did you pick her up and walk her across the creek? What happened? What was so special? And he just he talks and talks and talks. Just this huge thought download. And the master looks at him. He's like, what? What are you talking about? What woman? Oh, the woman back by the creek. I put her down 20 minutes ago. Why are you still carrying her? And that was the lesson for the junior monk because the master monk is in the moment. The master monk has presence. When it comes to energy, the master monk is allowing all the energy to flow through him all the time. His thoughts are flowing through him. His feelings are flowing through him. The physical energy of the of matter all the sensations are flowing through him. Yes, he broke, quote unquote, broke his vow in that moment. But that moment existed in that moment. It was now in the past. In the new moment where they are in that place, there was no vow being broken. There's no woman even there. In that moment, the energy is still flowing. But for the junior monk, the energy was not able to flow. The energy got stuck. It got mentally stuck. He got he started chasing the energy. He was chasing the mental energy. It drew his awareness. It drew his attention. And because it drew his awareness and drew his attention, it drew him out of his alpha state. It drew him out of the seat of his alpha, right? So he, his alpha was no longer elevated and his beta condition was running the show. The thoughts were running the show. He was chasing that energy and that energy was in control. And that's the difference, brothers, between the beta condition and the alpha state. It's such a beautiful story of explaining the nature of the alpha, which is to stay present all the time and allow the energy to flow through all the time. And the reason for that is so it doesn't get stuck up it doesn't get stuck within you and turn into a pain point, turn into a, a distortion through which you see the world, a distortion through which you can no longer experience the totality of what is there for you to experience because it becomes a limiting belief. It becomes a pain point. It becomes something, it becomes an invisible prison. It becomes like one of those electrical fences <laughs> that the dogs have, right? Where there's not a real fence there, but for some reason, they just don't know why they can't cross this invisible line, right? Because there's this invisible electric fence and that's what you've done. You create this invisible fence for you that says, I can't cross it because this energy is blocking you. The nature of the alpha is to walk the spiritual path. Yes, brothers, I am a spiritual guide, so I will hold space for you. That is my mask. That is my role on this planet. When I am practicing this work, I am doing what I offer for you to do. I am walking the walk. I am going inside and witnessing all the energy. How to do this is a process you can learn. There is a practical, applicable way for you to experience this life. This is the time, brothers. We are moving into this era together. Take the challenge, enroll on the path, long live the brotherhood. Until next week, elevate your 
Alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash. Unleash.